welcome along to the Man in the Mirror podcast. It's Hayden Williams here. And Man in the Mirror is a podcast where each week I talk to a male guest about their life, about work, about self-care, about self-image, and I ask them what they really think about the man who looks back at them in the mirror. Now, this week, I'm joined by Miles Wood-Smith, who is the creative director and master barber, yes, I did say master barber, at Murdoch London, which is um, a barbershop which has three salons in London and one in Manhattan in New York. I've been visiting Murdoch for, for over 10 years now, and actually, it was probably the first place where I went and picked up a a cologne or a fragrance that that wasn't just one of the regular kind of designer fragrances. Miles and I discussed black tea, which is probably their one of their most popular fragrances, and um, it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful fragrance and and really got me interested in kind of exploring that. I guess you know different sorts of fragrances that aren't just sort of designer or brand led. But I mean, they're a brand that are about so much more than their fragrances. It's a really Great high-end barbershop, but not in a kind of over-fancy way. They understand men, they can look after your hair, your beard, and they have an incredible range of products for hair and skin. Miles is the creative director, as he mentions, and also one of the master barbers at Murdoch. I've been in and had a haircut with Miles a couple of times before, and um, he's just as as friendly and and open and and honest as he as he seems in this podcast. He's a really great guy, and I think you're really going to enjoy the chat today. So here we go. It's Miles Woodsmith, who is the creative director at Murdoch London, with me, Hayden Williams, on Man in the Mirror. Let's go. Welcome along to Man in the Mirror. It's Hayden Williams here. And this week I'm joined down the line by Miles Woodsmith, who is the creative director at Murdoch London. Hi, Miles. How are you? I'm good, Hayden. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Look, thank you for doing this this morning and, and um, making time to come on the podcast. We met a couple of months ago, maybe. I You were kind enough to invite me into Murdoch in Covent Garden and um, show me your skills with the scissors. And yeah, so you're one of the senior, well, the, the master barber, which kind of sounds, sounds sort of rude, doesn't it? It is, doesn't it? You're a master barber. Yeah, um, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, that title. Yeah, yeah. I guess what we're one of the the, the senior hairstylists at, at Murdoch and, and, and creative director. So I guess it'd be, it'd be great just first of all. I mean, did your interest in in hair and grooming and all these things, did, did it go way back? Was it, was it, did you feel like it was a sort of calling? <laughs> you know what? It's a weird one, man, because like, it's, it's one of those things where now barbering's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah. And everyone, you know, you sort of see quite a lot of cool people do it and it's a, it seems like quite a viable career now. Yeah. Well, when I was younger, when people found out, you know, that I was doing hair and stuff, they weren't being like, oh, that's cool, you know, <laughs> when I was a teenager. Yeah. But um, no. But you like were the, interested right back to teenage years. You know what? I, I was interested in, I was like a really weird, anxious kid. And I was like, I can't work in an office. I just know I can't because yeah. I know I'll get really anxious. So I was like, oh, I want to do something else. I want to do something with my hands. And my stepdad's a joiner and the happiest man I've ever met. So is he? He's the happiest man in the world. You know, gets up at seven in the morning. He's been working in the same joinery since he's 14. Gets up at seven in the morning, goes to work till three, makes things, comes home, is happy. 
And I was like, I'd like that. There's a lot to be said for that, isn't there? Yeah, man, that's what it's about. Um, so I, I tried that, but it's really hard. So I was like, I'm not doing that. Did you Did you sort of do spend some time there? Like, probably, oh, for like, like for like two days, like yeah. literally. And then I was like, right, like, this is, nah, you got to carry wood and stuff. I was like, this is heavy. Get splinters. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then I remember his mate had a Porsche. And I remember going, oh my God, how's he got a Porsche? It was an old one. I was like, how's he got a Porsche? They're the best one. Yeah, it, I mean, it was, and he was like, uh, and my stepdad said, oh, oh, he's a hairdresser. I thought, all right, well, I'll do that. Um, huh? Simple and, as that. Uh, I don't think that's how he got his Porsche, but <laughs> I think there was something else going on there. But, you know, I'm Porscheless, but I've been doing it for, you know, pretty much my entire adult life. And are you, are you a happy man when you, you know, working with your hands? Yeah, man, I'm happy, you know, I, I like the fact that I don't, you know, I don't take too much of my work home with me. Yeah. And I like, Talking to people, man, it's nice. You know, it's, it's like you're kind of cheating a little bit, you know. When we met, and um, I, I definitely got got that feeling, and not to blow too much sunshine up you, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I could I could definitely tell you were one of those sort of radiator people that was giving out real positivity and open and friendly, and it's it's not something you take for granted, and obviously it's a huge advantage when it comes to being a hairdresser, and it's someone that you actually want to spend time with and want to massively go back to and all that stuff but it's um yeah I, I think I, I could tell you you're someone who's naturally a, a people person and I think you said when when we met you know you just you're you quite like chatting anyway so it's, yeah. it does sort of feel like that's the main bit I like to be. you know it's the chatting you know everyone's got um everyone's got stories and everyone's got weird little things they're interested in and I enjoy that you know it kind of like um breaks through the the you know I think if I was working in an office all day I nothing wrong with it but the I, I don't like that whole interaction like professional interactions I just yeah. find it a bit creepy yeah. I like being able to just sit and talk to people like we're normal human beings all day and then I go like well I mean but it's sort of it wouldn't suit everyone would it to have to kind of well because I mean obviously there's a you're obviously an, a person that's interested in in finding out about people and as you say their their stories but um, there must be times when you're not necessarily particularly in the mood and you have to kind of turn it on a bit. It, oh, yeah. No, always, yeah. Like, that's 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 something that happens. You know, it's an exhausting, it's definitely an exhausting thing, you know, because when, when I get home, I'm not like, you know, I don't come through the door like, oh, hey, let's do, you know, I'm going to go. I just get home and just like completely just sit on the sofa all night and don't say a word, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's funny. I, I had a, a previous guest who was talking about men's hair and, and now that seemingly sort of increasing prevalence and, and responsibility where, where men will will offload their their issues and 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 their problems and and use the the hairdresser as a as a sounding board which you know on the one hand as I guess as the the customer that's that's an amazing facility to have and that and that's a you know a brilliant relationship to have with your your barber or your hairdresser but on the flip side I guess I hadn't when I was speaking to that previous guest I hadn't really thought about it to my shame you know from the from the barber's point of view, it's quite, it's quite a burden, isn't it? It's quite a lot of... It is. Convers- you say, the, the conversations to have, but if if they're conversations that, you know, that you need to give advice or that, that are talking about heavy things or, you know, people having issues in their lives, as, as we all do at various times, that's... Having that sort of multiple times in a day must be quite a lot when you when you get yourself home. And yeah, like, oh, I mean, that's that's that's, that's, def- that's definitely true. But I think, you, you know, you... You've also got to remember that all, all the barbers, especially at Murdoch, and you know I've got friends that work in all barber shops, and you know, they're all great. But especially at Murdoch, if you want to work there and you want to last there, you have to be the type of person that is okay at that. 
and is good at that situation, you know, and, and you have to actually care. You know, you actually, and we actually do, you know, there's no reason for you not to. You know, you see these people more than you see your family sometimes. So you kind of build up a proper relationship with them and, and um, it's just like chatting to your friends. And it, it does get a bit deep, but most of the time it's just, you know, chatting about... Talk about the know, Arsenal. The football. Yeah. No, no, not talking about Arsenal. Jesus. No, never talk about Arsenal. But, you oh, know, yeah. talking about the football or movies or something funny that's happened and, you know, and then every now and then something sad will happen and you'll talk to them about that. And it's just like any sort of friendship, really. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's lovely to hear. That Often they're giving you money. <laughs> yeah. And you get paid at the end. You know, great. I do. Sometimes. <laughs> So if if the listeners haven't visited one of the Murdoch barbershops before, could you to give me a sense of, of you know what's special about Murdoch and what, what's kept you there for so long? Yeah. Oh right. yeah, that is that's a good one there. Um <clears throat> so I would say what is special about Murdoch well, I think there's a lot of barbershops now that offer a really good um service, a really good haircut and stuff. I think the difference is with Murdoch is that all the barbers there are a certain type of person. We're all, it's an incredibly welcoming, non-intimidating place. And yeah, everyone's at the absolute top of their game. And everyone really cares. The hiring process is so um, strict. We look at haircutting first. Obviously, you have to be at the top of that. But then you have to be a good person. You have to be able to make someone feel comfortable. When you're spending a lot of money on a haircut, being comfortable, I think, is probably the top thing that a lot of guys want. Yeah, because um, it can be a bit awkward, and people sometimes walk into these big fancy barbershops and hairdressers and feel a bit intimidated. And you know, you can walk into any of our shops and not feel like that. So I think that's the main thing, and also being able to build a relationship with a barber and know you're going to get the same thing every month. It's just another thing you don't have to worry about, you know. Yeah, yeah, because we don't always, as a customer, don't always have the the vocabulary to explain Man, what yeah, it is we want and you need to sort of work that out I suppose yeah and you need you need someone who's willing to you know not just sit stand there and just look at you and just wait for you to say everything you want with your hair right like you want someone who's got uh, a it's always such an awkward moment isn't it right, right what are we doing today yeah I yeah. don't know everyone always does that voice what's that <laughs> voice supposed to be everyone always does that you know like whenever anyone says anything like, hey, oh, right, right, sorry. Like, <laughs> I hey oh you're on I mean I do sound like that a little bit that's no, so you're right, true. Hands you up. I was I was doing my um, generic hairdresser, hairdresser impression and I shouldn't do. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> it, but, but it is, but that is true, you know, and it's like this idea that, you know, if you come in and go like, well, I kind of want it, you know, obviously you've got to give me something. Yeah. You can't, you know, you can't just be like, what do you think? I hate that. Like, you know, if someone comes in and they haven't got a lot of hair and they're like, well, what would you do? Well, you shave know, it all off. My hands are a bit tired, mate. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you need, you need them. Um, you need people that are really passionate about this and passionate about this trade. And this, you know, some people say it's an art form. I think it's a trade, but you know, it's, there's definitely art in there for sure. Yeah. So I think it's, it, it, it's, it's almost, you know, to, to, to call it a trade and sort of elevate it like that. It, it's, it's sort of, no, it's not a value judgment that it's, that it's any less sort of valuable no. than art, is it? It's a, it's a practical thing you're doing and it's... Um, exactly. Yeah. And I think trades are, I think trades are the, the top um, the top echelons of what you can do as a human being, in my opinion. And it's interesting that, you, know, you right from the beginning, you were talking about your, was it your stepdad? My was, stepdad, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, that thing of doing an honest day's work and using your hands and, and yeah, it feels like that's important to you, that, that kind of... Oh, definitely, Doing a day, an honest day's work and, and it's a trade. I think wow, right. you don't have to do an honest day's work, but as long as you make stuff with your hands, right? you ain't got to work all day. You have cups of tea. You're talking about the, the kind of 
barbers that, that you want and, and that the Murdoch team have? Do, do, do the rest of the team get a say, you know, to get a say in, in who gets recruited? Yeah, yeah. oh, 100%. We guess it's important, right, that you'll get on. It is, man. It is. And in this industry as well, there's a lot of ego. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of ego because you can, you know, you can be quite sort of famous in barbering now and, um, and like, you know, that comes with, you know, some people don't handle that very well. Yeah. So like we, anyone we hire, we really just try and make sure they gel with everyone, make sure they gel with their customers. And, you know, even if they're really nice people, if they don't really engage their customers and talking with them in a real way, not in a very superficial way, if they don't engage like that, they're not going to last. Yeah. Because no one's going to come back to them. Yeah. And is that, I guess that's the key, isn't it? You, that if someone comes for the first time, the aim is to, to, to make that a regular client that comes Dude, back. Na- nail on the head. When I have new people in the shop, we've got a couple of new people now and they'll look at their day and there'll be a new name in there. Someone who's never been to Murdoch before. And I'll say, well, he's yours now. Make him yours. Yeah. That's going to be your friend yeah. now. Like you're going to make, unless, unless he's, you know, horrible. <laughs> then I don't. <laughs> but, you know, most people aren't horrible. So then like, don't darken my door. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Um, just make that person your, your customer, make him your friend, you know, and then there you go, man. You've got, that's 45 minutes of your day every month that, so, you know, you're just having a chat with a mate. Yeah. Uh, when you put it like that, it sort of sounds, you know, it's, it's quite straightforward, isn't it? But um, It is. It but, is. Yeah, I, I know, I, you know, having been to Murdoch many times over the years, I know how, you know, how much work goes into that and, you know, to to make every customer feel relaxed and it's such a welcoming uh, environment. And, you know, as you were saying, I think there's, for men, obviously Murdoch's not... It's not the cheapest place to go to, but it, equally it's not, it, it feels welcoming. It's not one of these sort of fancy unisex sort of high-end places where yes. yeah, men yeah. don't always, and it's not like, oh God, poor men, you know, there needs to be like wood and metal and whiskey and all that. It's not that, but I think it's just knowing that is it all the things you've described that you're going to feel welcome and you're going to have a, a friendly chat and it, it isn't something that just, yeah feels feels forced and, and difficult and yeah that's that the main thing man forced yeah forced is horrible you know like you ever like have you ever been to like a shop in america and you walk in and they're like how's your day and you're just yeah. like oh god you know? we don't cope well with that i mean like, I, you get it a lot don't you and i'm sure we'll, we'll talk a bit more about your your traveling but yeah that's sort of and and i guess for for and there's american listeners to this but you know it, it's it's quite a natural thing and that's what happens in with American hospitality and service, we there's something about it that doesn't always. Well, we're more suspicious, so, aren't we? I think, like, <laughs> I think just, that's what it is—a bit more cynical. Like, yeah, what? we're a bit more like, well, you're trying to sell me something. Yeah, you know. Let's whereas I think the in the states, it's like you know, it's more like I'm here to buy something, and I hope it's nice. Uh, it's a nice experience, right? Their, their customer service is amazing. Yeah, but it wouldn't work over it. You'd be like, you know, I'd, I'd, if someone was really smiling in my face, I'd just be like, you know, what's up with you? Yeah. And I think I suppose it invariably when, you know, there's there's good customer service and, and absolutely they're saying all the, the right things. But I guess it maybe to our ears, sometimes it can start to sound a bit sort of robotic. Almost we're, the, the, we're the niceness of it sounds a bit robotic, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, we're British now. We don't, you know, we have an air of misery about us and that's what I love about it. You know, it's, it's, yeah. And we do that in the shop as well. You know, like I'm very kind of, I'm honest with it. You know, if people, you know, I'm never like overly nice to people. But I'm just the normal amount of nice. Yeah, but again, I think you know, people world, the the customers would would kind of welcome that sort of 
that you know just an uh, an honest relationship and an interaction i think that that feels much more credible and, and normal like the conversations you would have with a mate in a pub or yeah, you know exactly I, I think the reason you can do that in barbering um whereas you, you can't do that in a lot of other kind of customer facing jobs is because there's no sort of um i don't know there's no add-on that you're trying to make up for if that makes sense i'm doing a really good haircut on this person that they're really going to love and they're going to give me the money that they think that haircut's worth yeah. So I don't feel the need to sell them anything. I don't need, I'm not selling anything, man. Like, um, we, we know exactly what we're doing here. You know, let's talk about movies and then bosh. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, you can liken it to, like if you go to a super sort of Michelin-starred restaurant and, and almost that the sort of weight of expectation when something is really expensive or, you know, say you go to some really high-end kind of, I don't know, Mayfair hair salon or something, automatically I feel like, this has got to be incredible and it all looks, you know, a bit more clinical and I don't know, you know, almost... Well, kind I've of never the... been to any of those restaurants, so I can't, I can't even, <laughs> I don't understand the reference. But, no, yeah, I'm I've not seen saying it happens very often, but, um, but I will, you know, Murdoch feels more like a sort of a really good high-end, honest pub meal that you feel like is worth the money it costs. And Yeah, um, exactly. And, and to be honest, in terms of like price point, we're like middle now. Yeah. London's gone mad, you know. We're, yeah, we're in the middle, mate. We're yeah. not even, you know. There's, it's crazy. I suppose. Now we introduce you as um, creative director at, at Murdoch. So, what? Obviously, you, you have responsibilities outside of your barbering in, in the store, and, and you've, you've told me before, and we, we mentioned before we came on air about the travelling you do. So, what are, what are your other things that you you do for for the brand so but uh basically like a few years ago um we redesigned all of our products so you know we do like a, we do beard products we yes. do like hair products all this yeah. kind of stuff and we had um a new sort of ownership and they sat all the barbers down and we came up with all the ideas uh for the products great um, and it was really cool and we thought we were just making them for the customers in the shop and then weirdly someone from there's a very like, big company in america called nordstrom Yes, department um, store. Yeah, yeah, massive yeah. department store, Jane. One of their buyers tried one of our products in Paris or something and emailed us and did like a small order and they sent me over there and obviously I was like, oh my God, no. I'm okay. going to America. If I must. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've made it, mom. Yeah, I'm going to the Big Apple. <laughs> you know, got there and it was terrible. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it is terrible. All those people being nice to you in shops and stuff. Yeah, well, not in New York, mate. <laughs> not in New York, they're running you over. Um, but I got out there and, you know, um, and I did a little presentation stuff and I'd never done anything like that before. And I was like, you know what? It's actually quite easy. I, I don't mind this. And yeah, man, five years, we're in their top three brands now. Really? Across the country. We're in Saks. We're in Macy's. We're Amazing. Um, going into, oh, I can't talk about that, but we're, we're doing something else. Somewhere uh, else. Yeah. We're, we're looking at going into South America. We're going, you know, we're wow. in Australia. So I go to all these places and I basically sort of talk about our story and, you know... Like try a and sort get of ambassadorial a, role almost. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, so that was my previous title. I was right. International Brand Ambassador. Like Kofi Annan. Yeah, yeah. He's, he was a cool dude, you know. It's worked out. Uh, yeah, like, I, I think um, that title was probably... It was just a bit long. <laughs> now, um, the CEO of the company got a new... We had a new CEO for about a year who's made a lot of really, really cool changes. He wants me more involved with like the creative direction of the brand, like modernizing it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. I'm trying to see what our next, um, what our next step is, you know, because there's been a lot of iterations of murder. I know you said you've been coming in 
a while. We all used to be in waistcoats, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and, now, and I think you're right, this, the same with the the products as well, because I think I probably came at Murdoch initially through the through black tea cologne and, yeah. and, and, and the beard moisturizer, some of the products. But you're right, even in, God, I already know, I know t- uh, 10 years plus now, of course the brand has evolved and, and you know, the, even the, the look of the products has changed and certainly the look of the, the different barbershops has too. Well, this, hasn't this is it, man. So this is my job now is to, what's the next, what's the next one? What do we do now? I think that's really interesting. And I, I, it's just always a sort of bugbear of mine. And I don't know what you think about this, you know, and, and I don't see it in Murdoch at all, but I, I get slightly, I think if some of the cliches around men's sort of grooming and face products and, and hair and things like that, you know, when the, when the barbershops go down that sort of, just the sort of the, the red, white and blue pole and the kind of big beard, you know, it's all kind of Victoriana and yes, you know, men yeah. with pipes and all I just find some of that now, like obviously the, the whole movement. It's a bit dated now, and that it's a bit dated exactly. And I think you know we've gone past this, you know, the original know, Renaissance of beard man and all that. When it was all about you know bloke in the woods with a pickaxe and all that kind of stuff, and, yeah, and yeah. you know big chunky shirts stuff. Yeah. We past that, and yeah, it just feels a bit like we've done that now. Like it, the amount of brands you still see where it's all very you know handlebar moustaches and yeah that, that sort of. Victorian gent look. I think you know, no, no shade on anyone. No, no, but not it doesn't. It doesn't talk to me at all. Like, well, some people. I think some people just love it. They love that think? style, right? And yeah. we still have guys that come in with yeah. these uh, giant yeah. beards and this slick. You know, the whole like um, skin fade side part. Yeah, um, slick giant beard, Pinky traditional tattoos, and all that. You know, and I think they're just like, nah, nah, man, this is my style for life. But you know, that was something that the boys, you know, and girls in the shop. We, we, that was like uniform. Yeah. You know, that wasn't necessarily what we were. And then that became Murdoch. And then in the last sort of 10 years, it's just very, very organically changed a little bit and become a little bit more informal. Yeah. Oh, I think so. And now, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, oh, God, what do we do now? Do you know what I mean, I don't, I'm the creative director, so I've got to come up with it. I'm thinking yeah. maybe, I don't know, roller skates. <laughs> Answers on a postcard tomorrow. Yeah. What, I, what I, he should I, do yeah. next. I've got but, um, <laughs> No, but I think you're right, you know, and I, but I think perhaps where it was, you know, it felt like something new and and it, it was sort of innovative at the time. Now, you know, the, the products that a brand like Murdoch has got, they're for all guys, aren't they? It doesn't, it doesn't, oh, yeah. need, to, it doesn't need to sort of uh, almost ghettoise it into this kind of, oh, it's just for sort of tweeting no, moustaches no, no, no. And, and, you know, Sherlock Holmes and all that. I don't know. Exactly, not, man. Because yeah. I think we're now like competing with, you know, we we... we we're selling a lot around the world, so we need to start taking it seriously. You know, we, we were, for so many years, we were just a bunch of idiots in a shop and we were like, do you know what would be cool? would be like this really niche product for this one below kind of. But now, you know, we're selling to thousands, tens of thousands of people. Yeah, we need to, so, you know, we, that's another thing with our NPD, you know, we have a couple of barbers that sit down every, every month and come up with new products like this. And, you know, we've got this pipeline for the next four years of just, new products for specific things, you know, and it's a proper well-oiled machine yeah, now, you yeah. know, which is weird. Oh, it's so interesting though, you know, the, the way you've, you've found yourself in a role that's, that's, you know, evolved and grown from, you know, the thing that you love, but all, there's all these sort of extra tentacles to it now and, and it must feel it's quite weird, rewarding though. that you can be involved in, you know, the, the, coming up with the ideas that actually make it onto shelves all over the world. That's um, it's a much bigger thing, it's isn't it? Now? Odd. It's very odd. 
just because, yeah. you know, I've, I've like major imposter syndrome because I'm just good at talking. I just like talking to people. Yeah. And then that's just taking Maybe me. Maybe that's now. the root of it though, isn't it? Yeah. Just kind of knowing what people want. Mate, that's the root of everything, I think, honestly. You know, I've been in meetings with these, you know, these, like these multi-millionaire, you know, product people. And if you just sort of like, if you're just kind of like a bit funny, they're sort of like, yeah, go on then. I'll give you loads of money and buy products. And you're like, is this yeah, it? It's it's disarming, isn't it? Yeah. I just had to do a gag and then. Yeah, literally, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's been cool. And I've always been able to define my own role yeah. kind of at, at Murdoch. And I never thought I'd be able to do any of the stuff I've done, man. I've been so lucky that I, you know, came to this company all yeah. those years ago. You know, I was well, so there's, lucky. There's luck and, and skill and talent for, Mainly for sure. Mainly skill, you're right. Yeah, but yeah, 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 a bit of luck. Yeah. Well, look, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the Murdoch products a, a bit later, but um, I do like to find out about, and I think it's particularly relevant, it's going to be really interesting with you, Mars, and, and, you know, looking at what makes up your routine and what's on your bathroom shelf and what you use sort of morning and evening. And no doubt there'll be some a healthy amount of Murdoch products in there. But I wonder what, what is your sort of, before you leave to go to Covent Garden, what does your morning routine look like in terms of products? Is it extensive? It is, uh, it's not, it's not massively extensive, but I, so the only things I do are, I do like a face cleanser in the morning, okay. just because I've got like really naturally oily skin. Yeah, um, me too. What, so do I you do use that. a certain brand? I do, yes. <laughs> we don't have one, so Murdoch doesn't have one, so let me preface this. Um, yeah. So I use ASOP. Oh, it's good. But good I only spot. use ASOP because it's next door to us and... The girl that works there, I cut she her hair. She gives me free ASOP stuff. <laughs> I could not afford ASOP otherwise. It's, I mean, it's beautiful. You're right. I mean, it's beautiful stuff, isn't it? But that, yeah, the things in that shop are not cheap at all. No, I've got their soap, which is like the best soap I've ever used. You know, the hand soap with yeah. the bits in it. Oh my. It's really good. And, you know, it's one of those brands that you can sort of, sometimes if you're having someone, parents around or someone's coming around, you know, you sort of pull out the, the nice hand soaps and the nice things. This brand is one of those brands, isn't it? Like save it for best. It's yeah. So oh good. yeah. No one's allowed to use my hand. Like whenever they come around <laughs> my flat, I'm like, would you like to wash your hands? You know, like, why? Like, oh, I don't know, mate. You know what I mean? Just pointing at the ASOP thing. It's like, you know, we'll wash them. And they but, um, smell really good and then you know it's good quality stuff. Yeah, it's so great. good. But yeah, anyway, yeah. sorry, I should be talking about ASOP too. Like, no, no, no. I mean, I think it would, yeah, I, I, I like it if you, it's just difficult, isn't it, to be... And why would you be loyal just to one brand? Obviously, no, no, it goes without saying there's Murdoch products in there, but it's kind of interesting to know what else you well, use. this is it. I, I, you know, for my face, and I get it for free because, you know, hopefully the her boss doesn't listen to this, but yes, yeah, so I do that. Um, yeah. And then I use... Uh, I've got the Murdoch moisturizer, which we discontinued because no one bought it, but it was the no, best moisturizer I've ever used. It was just... Um, price point was a bit too high, I think. Right. But it's literally insanely good. Um, so I use that. And then what I use on the hair is I choose our sea salt spray. Me too. Yeah, good man, good man. Uh, on wet hair, I hope. I told you to yes, do that last you time. Did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I, I, took, I took your advice on board. Good. And then what I'll do is I'll do, um, I use hair play, which is a sort of hair cream we have. Yes. Because my hair's growing out at the moment. I've kind of got like mid-length. I hope you're going to put some sort of good picture of me on this uh, on the thumbnail of this you need to send me one Mar. send me send me your best shot I've got Hit one me with your best there's shot there's been one picture of me in the last 10 years that, that you're I happy use. with yeah yeah um, so I'll send you that one Miles um, as a boy <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm five <laughs> sports day <laughs> yeah, exactly 91 
No, I was, like, I was really, I was really uh, overweight, mate, so I definitely wouldn't have sent you any sports day ones. <laughs> Me just 20 minutes behind everyone else. Losing um, the egg and spoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eat, eating the egg. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and then I'd do the hair play. Um, and is hair and, play one of the lighter ones, Miles? It is, yeah. It's hold. like a cream almost uh, for your hair, but you can use it. to. It's It's got a good hold to it. So it depends how you use it. So I use it because my hair is naturally quite wavy, but it's quite thick. So I want it to kind of look a bit messy, but not look too kind of out of control. So I'll just use a little bit of that in and kind of scrunch it into my hair. Yeah. And then if I'm feeling sort of extra spicy, uh, I use our new, well, I suppose it's not new anymore, but we created a range for textured hair. So like yes. Afro hair, tight curls, things okay. like that. And I use that, even though I don't have that hair type, um, just because it's beautiful, man. It's got a beautiful smell to it. Um, it makes your waves a bit bouncier. Um, without uh, weighing them down. And so what's I'll that product called, Miles? That's called textured hair cream. Textured hair cream. Yeah, and that's really like for sort of um, tight curls. We specifically designed it for like Afro hair type just because I didn't see anything in these. I mean, there's loads of amazing products for that. Yeah. Um, but there's I I didn't see any in these major department stores, which kind of sucks, but... Yeah. Um, so we made it ourselves. It took about three years as well. But yeah, so I used that. And then a bit of black tea, mate. Black tea black cologne. Tea. You've got yes. to finish your black tea cologne, man. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think we spoke about this when I came in, but I think that was, yeah, that that was my introduction probably to the whole brand. And it's, I'm sure it's still one of the, is it still the sort of best-selling cologne that you've got? It, it, it differs from country to country. Does man. it? It does, man. I'm always the one bigging up black tea, but yeah. um, some countries love uh, like patchouli or vetiver or Avalon. We've just brought back Napier, which I'm sure you I don't know if you remember. That's an OG cologne used to I do. In the yeah. green bottle. There, wasn't there some sort of, was there, wasn't there like um, a racing car on it originally? What a memory you've yeah. got, mate. Yeah, there was, yeah. So um, we had Napier and Renshaw. And um, that's we're right. bringing there was a back. tennis one. Was that Renshaw the tennis one? I think was it was, that? yeah. Man, yeah. you know more than me. No, I've, yeah. And <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, uh, so we brought that back. I am lobbying to bring back my favourite cologne of all time. Which is that? Um, which we were so ahead of our time on that. Uh, it was Brightly. And it I was... I remember that one. Leather, it was yellow, like the label was yellow. And it was like leather, vanilla, tobacco. Right. But back then, people were like, I don't want to smell like cigarettes, mate. And I was like, well, you don't, it doesn't smell like that. You know, and then no one bought it. So we had to discontinue it. But I'm trying to bring it back because um, Tom Ford have got one. That yeah. You know, this is tobacco. They've got tobacco. Yeah, I don't want to. You know, know, I don't want you getting sued on here. But I'm telling no. you now, he's bloody nicked that from us, Tom. He, he probably did. Yeah. But I think you're you're right though to identify that that now, you know, there's there's obviously a lot more of a trend in fragrance for you know obviously oud notes and and tobacco notes and and those slightly heavier ones. There's yeah. there's so many more brands that that do fragrances like that 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 kind of stick around and have a bit more power to them. So um, yeah, Definitely. it would make sense. And I. Suppose, Weirdly, you know, there was a time when cigarettes and the, the, that sort of smoky thing was was everywhere. But now, I don't know. Now it's all we vape, don't, mate. It's all vaping, <laughs> now, now we need like bubblegum vape. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but you don't get you don't get smoky environments anymore, do you? Anyway, so well, I don't I don't people know. are missing it or kind of you know nostalgic. Go down West Ham on the weekend, mate. It's uh, <laughs> it's like a Kate Bush gig. So you're a black tea, that that would be your sort of finishing flourish would be a, yeah. a spray of black I'm tea. A, I'm a really big fan of black tea. And if yeah, I'm not good. using black tea, I'll use, I really like uh, Tom Ford, do that cologne called Fucking Fabulous. Yeah. Man. It's good, isn't it? That is, that's the, you know, I like that. That's really yeah. nice. Again, those Tom, those Tom Ford ones are a bit, 
pricey, aren't they? But um, yeah, yes. I got that one. again. I got that one free. <laughs> Bartered for a haircut. I uh, no, it was one of the one of the guy one of the store managers in America. He's just the loveliest human being. Every time I turn up, he just wraps me up a bunch of stuff and gives it. How to nice! Me. Yeah, man. Wow, that's good. Yeah, it's funny, but black tea. I think I've probably said this on the podcast before, but in terms of the sort of move from you know, I'd say it's not to denigrate the sort of designer fragrances, but you know, for a while I'd probably just have you know, you'd pick up something in boots and a, in whatever it used to be, the you know, Kouros or Chanel or one of those. But actually, going to Murdoch and and someone talking to me about black tea, and I I, I loved it at the time because it felt like not everyone had discovered it. I, I principally just loved the the smell of it, but for me it was Murdoch was that introduction into a kind of different world of. Of fragrance and it didn't have to be the kind of didn't have to be led by some you know designer name and actually got so many more compliments from people saying god you know well that's really that's amazing it's unusual you know what, yeah man what it's, it's it? like that's the main way i when i'm abroad talking about it you know i always finish when i'm talking about black tea i always finish by saying you know this is what we believe is the scent of our barbershop yeah it's a london barbershop in a bottle but i also say i can guarantee you no one else is wearing this yeah you know, and there's a lot to be said, you know, in these days now. And I understand, you know, there's TikTok trends and, and, and people sort of pick up on various fragrances and we've had, the, you know, the Lalabo Santal era and now it's all sort of Baccarat, you know, everyone's in Baccarat Rouge, which is which is fine and they're they're amazing fragrances, but there's still a lot, I, I would, I've always been someone that much rather, you know, sort of plow my own furrow and, and wear yeah. something that isn't quite so... You know, I don't need of, I don't need it to be like, oh my God, I've got the same one as everyone else. Yeah, that's kind of our clients though. I think all our clients yeah. are a bit like that. I they kind of go their own, you know, they, you know, we don't get many clients that come in with big, you know, wearing, you know, that brand obsessed, you know, yeah. they, they're very sort of like, they've got their niche little things, you know, and you say like, oh, where's that from? And they're like, oh, it's from this company called blah, blah, blah. I've yeah. never heard of it, mate. You know, and I, I, I love that, man. It's like a collection of individuals. Yeah. And I suppose with... I mean, obviously Murdoch aren't, aren't the only sort of barbering brand that have products, but it must be helpful in both ways, I imagine, because there might be people that, you know, say they're in a, a department store or, or a different shop and pick up some Murdoch products. They may then be intrigued and, and actually come in and, and, and oh, dude, experience the haircut. The and, and then vice versa, then, you know, people who come in, but then get introduced to, you know, that you use, obviously use the range as you cut hair and wash hair and all those things. So... Either way around, it must be, it's, it's helpful, isn't it, to sort of introduce the other element of the Murdoch service to, to people. Exactly, exactly. It, it works both ways. And, yeah. you know, and it's also, that's, you know, that's how the products were born, right? Like we, we made them to be kind of back bar products, you know, products we use on our customers. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like that. It's like um, a lot of people like the idea of using things that the professionals use. Yeah. Feels you know authentic, I mean? doesn't it? Yeah, man. I think that's that's definitely really helpful. And we do. I mean, every now and then, man, I'll get someone walk in the shop in Covent Garden and they'll be like, I use your beard stuff in America. And um, yeah. I came over, I just wanted to see what the shop looks like. You know, it's awesome, man. Wow. Yeah, because the, the beard moisturizer is, again, it's sort of a, a mainstay product for me that's in my routine all the time because I think, you know, just to moisturize that skin under the beard yeah. and, and also <laughs> helpfully to make the beard smell good and it's just become just one of those products that's just become well, that, I mean routine. that made us you know beard moisturizer made us really did it was that oh yeah you couldn't honestly when we brought that out you couldn't we couldn't have sold drugs quicker than that we had like we had cues coming out the door it was you know and that was in the mid hipster beard yeah. era you know peak we just beard. hit the nail on the head man that was peak beard yeah don't even get me started on that I mean 
there's an article every year, isn't there? Oh, it's, no we, one's got a beard anymore. Yeah, well, we beard. Yeah. Everyone's got beards still. It's, I've still got one. Yeah, I've still got one as well, you know. So you talked about the hero products, though. It, beard moisturiser is, is what are the main ones that we know when you travel around, what are the ones that, that people know Murdoch for? So it, sea salt spray is a really big one for us. Yeah. I think it's like we've got a bit of competition nowadays because yeah, a yeah. lot of people are using like volumizing powder. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried that. No, um, no. It's, a lot of people like it, man. It's uh, we're, we're working on our own one now. We're, we're a bit late to the bit late to the party on that one. But before, if you wanted like to make your hair look a bit thicker and have a bit of volume and a bit of texture, but look natural, sea salt spray was pretty much the only way to go. Yeah. Um, so that was that was that's a really big one for us, and and I use that every day. Um, so that comes with me. Beard moisturizer, I have to use it, man, because my my beard's quite thick, and you know I'm I'm Brazilian, so my hair is really like quite curly on my face, yeah, um, and quite dry, and it's like I don't get any moisture through to my skin, so I, I will get like really dry skin. So I have to use that, and then uh, I need hair play, man. I need it, otherwise my hair looks dumb. So I have to bring that with me, and then black tea because you know you, you gotta. You know, you're in America. You know, you've got to be, you've got to be your best. Gotta, you know? Got to rep the brand. But it's quite. A, that's quite a concise little, you know, travel wash bag, isn't it? There, you yeah. got all the, all the things you need there. That's it. Yeah. So something else I asked Miles on on the podcast is called Man in the Mirror. So I, I wonder how you feel about your own self image, and you know, when you're looking in the mirror, I wonder what you think about the guy that looks back. Well, I look in the mirror all day. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, are, you, are you sort of are you someone that's comfortable with your appearance? Or what, what do you think about you know, your... you know I, I I as I've got older, yeah, you know, I'm I'm almost thirty three now, but not in my twenties. You know, I was I was kind of overweight as a teenager. And did you did you make a sort of concerted effort to to oh, change man. that, then, Miles? <laughs> yeah, I really did. You know, did I, you? I, oh man, I hit like eighteen, and I was like, you know what? I think it'd be really cool to be able to have sex with someone one time. <laughs> I just, it looks you know, really good and yeah. I want to have a go. Um, and I basically spent a year, <laughs> I spent, not that, not that you know, not that being overweight is a bad thing or whatever, you know, no. back then it was, you know, back then you, you didn't get treated very well. I spent a Did year- Did people just, take the piss then? Oh, mate, yeah, massively. Yeah, massively, man. Yeah. I was, you know, me and, I'm still best friends with all my friends from school and we all had something wrong with us. You know, I was chubby and mum's from a different country. My mate, my mate was about six foot nine and weighed about three stone. You know, I had another mate who had like the worst acne ever. And we became really good friends off of that because... But teenagers are merciless though, aren't they? I mean, horrible, My mate. son's 15 and he's... The Eagles comes home laughing about all the things, you know, the different names his mates, that him and his mates have for each other. And Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it all seems like it's all good natured, but I sort of think sometimes in the back of my mind, God, I hope we're not storing up like massive problems for all these kids later on where they're just, I go, actually, he was, you know, he called me fat and... Yeah, you know, well, it all does, got, I think it sticks with you like a little bit. I'm sure it, 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 does. Did stick, it did stick with me a little bit and, and, and then I lost it all and... By doing loads of exercise though? Or yeah, well, kind of. I basically just... Eating. Yeah, well, I ate, I just had chicken and rice every day for a oh. year and I just... Became obsessed with Blimey. exercising. Yeah, man, I was really, I really wanted a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> wanted to have sex. Yeah, I really did. I really, I, I really earned it. And, I mean, and it could focus was, the mind though, can't it? Like, you've got it, an mate, end goal. <laughs> I really did. And I'm hoping that this is going to be the year, this year. So, <laughs> good luck. Any any day now, Miles. I'm still on my journey yeah. <laughs> of discovery. No, and... Um, now you're a master barber, you yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to come, they're going to come rolling it. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, and so, for, but for many years, you know, 
you're, you're still a little chubby kid in your head. And I didn't look in the mirror and I didn't enjoy doing that. And then, and then as I got older, I just, I sort of stopped caring a bit. Yeah. Not in a way of like stop looking after myself, but stop, stop caring yeah. if someone thought I was good looking or thought I was bad looking or. So yeah, no, I, I don't have an issue. I don't, I don't like narcissism. So I do avoid mirrors. I don't know what that, that might be a therapy thing, but like I, yeah. I don't like narcissistic people. I don't like people that talk about other people's looks or yeah. their own looks just because I think it's so, I just, it's just, I just don't like it. So I do avoid the mirror apart from when I'm working in front of one for nine well, hours. Well, yeah, as you, as you said, sort of at the beginning, I guess, you know, you more than most people for, for the large part of the day, you are, and you're obviously looking at the, the client's head and everything, but you, you're, yeah, you're looking in a massive mirror, aren't you? <laughs> Literally all day, man. I'm, I'm the perfect guy for this podcast. No. I am the man. Well, I'm so the... glad I found you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, um, I've definitely got better with that as I've got older, but I definitely struggled with that a lot in my twenties. And yeah, I think a lot of people didn't really understand because some people would say that I'm, you know, I'm not a bad looking bloke. But I you would know, say you you're not a bad looking bloke. Thank you, man. But you know, you, you remember that stuff from when you're younger, and and um, you know, it's always there, isn't it? Yeah, it's in those formative years. That's just. That stuff sort of hardens sometimes, doesn't it? And that's your, it can be your image of yourself unless you, you know, reprogram it. Yeah, man. You have to, yeah. you have to just, um, I think, just kind of not care. And it, and it makes you a better, I think it makes you a better person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, people who wear their looks more lightly and, and yeah, their opinion of themselves, I think it's, it's a yeah. good thing, isn't it? Well, we, yeah. We, I mean, we get, mate, you know, in my job, you get people that come in and, and man, they love looking at themselves in the mirror. You know, like, I mean, they literally will not take their eyes off their own face <laughs> in the mirror for 45 minutes. And do loads of guys, selfies as they're sitting yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I think this guy's a serial killer. <laughs> and finally, Miles, I wonder, what are the things that, maybe outside of work, but what are the things that bring you joy and make you happy? So I recently sort of gave up alcohol. Did you? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm not going completely sober, but I used to drink, you know, every weekend and, and go to the, I'm a West Ham fan, so I used to go and watch football and... Um, yeah. And have beers, and then my Sunday was more beers, and all this kind of stuff, and that used to bring me joy. Um, but I've, I've sort of given that up now. So what I've rediscovered is um, I love, I just love video games, man. To you, I play what's, video what's games. What's your console every night? Well, so I'm saving up for a um, a PC because all the best games on PC. But I've right. got a PlayStation Five. Yeah, and I'll just play video games, man. Like that. That's my favorite thing to do. And my missus is a big gamer herself, so. That's oh, something we do together. Yeah, oh, we, nice. we, we play video games together. And what are you playing now? What do you like? I'm playing Baldur's Gate Three, which is Ashy. Dungeons and Dragons. Right. I see. I asked, and I don't, I don't know what that is. But um, so it's basically like you're like a little. You can choose like a type. You know, it could be like a dwarf or an elf or so. Yeah. And you go around, and it's like this amazing world of dragons, and it's. Uh, have you seen Stranger Things? Yes. Yeah. So obviously that's all based off of Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's all like, you know, Mind Flayer and all this kind of stuff. And uh, it's a lot of fun, man. And uh, my missus is loving it. So, you know, my Saturday night is cutting hair, you know, I cut hair all day, get home. And then go and Bit game. of pizza, play Baldur's Gate free, you know, fight some dragons. That brings me joy, man. There you go. That's all I need. But I suppose it's good that both of you like doing that because sometimes it can be like... Uh, we've got a 15 year old in the house and he's a massive gamer but it kind of you know it's, it's something that it's a really sociable thing that he enjoys doing with his friends but it's not something that my wife or I do but it must be lo lovely for the two of you otherwise somebody's sitting there going well, where's 
with well, Miles I made sure, you know, because we've only been, you know, we haven't been together that long. We've been together like 18 months or something. And, and you know, we're in our 30s and I just made sure, like, I'm not going to, it's easy now, mate, online. You can literally tick the box. Do you like video games? <laughs> yeah. And if they say no, it's like, all right, we'll see you later. You know? <laughs> because, yeah, um, there you go, be prescriptive. But it's funny you say you got, you know, you got a 15 year old in the house. I've got a 17 year old sister. Right. And, you know, she's really into her video games as well. And like, it's something that I can kind of, Hopefully, in, she doesn't really want to play with me. I don't know why. But like, you know, hopefully in the future, something we can bond on. Yeah. And you can relate on it. Yeah, man. That brings I do me joy. About, you know, and I know I sort of, you know, read these articles about parenting and stuff. And, you know, I was anxious about how you're, you know, how I'm doing it. But, the, you know, there's always this thing like, make sure you show interest in their hobbies and stuff. And I do to a point, but I think I should probably, like there was, I tell you what it is. I think there was a time when in the early days of FIFA, we're probably going back Probably like, old school. Yeah, like seven or eight years of FIFA at least when he was younger that we'd play together. And then, of course, you get to that point where suddenly they put, you know, the old 10,000 hours in and he and certainly puts his hours in. Yeah. Like, they just get so much better than you. So it was kind of pointless. Like, he was no point in him playing a FIFA I match with me. I love that. I love that you've stopped playing video games with your son because he was battering you. Well, yeah, I suppose. But yeah, but that sounds terrible now, doesn't it? But it's just, it just... You know, I think maybe more for him, there was like, no, there was no I think he's got a it. complex about that now. And then, and you're yeah. just going to be like, no, it's because you're really good, mate. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. all it is. Just accentuate the positive. You're great, Joe. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, it wasn't really, you know, video games, well, I'm much older than you. And then they did come through, but it wasn't really something that I was kind of massively into. But I do, I do see the, I do see the joy it brings well, him. Honestly, and, and, you and they're do. amazing now, aren't they? They're amazing. But what you should do is ask him what he plays, right? And if it's FIFA, I'll be honest with you, I don't play FIFA. Yeah, he's uh, a, it's he a bit boring. FIFA. But if yeah. he plays any games where you shoot people, what you should do is just go on YouTube and look up some videos about that game and then you'll know how the game works and then you can watch him. Yeah. And you'll get it, you know, because that's what I do. I, I watch um, people play video games as do well. Do you? Yeah, yeah that's so weird, things. man. <laughs> but, but then it also means I have to go, he's, there's this little box room where he's got a desk to do his homework and, a, you know, a, a, his PS5 and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he's a 15-year-old boy, Master. If I, it's like this airless room. Yeah, It yeah. smells of like whatever fizzy drink he's got, plus farts, plus yeah. sweat. Well, that can... sounds like a job for black tea. <laughs> there you go. Oh, You're what good. a perfect... That's, that's why you get the big bucks at that's Maddox. That's it. Hopefully. Always upselling. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Oh, it's been so great to um, to speak to you. I really appreciate your time. It's, um, yeah, as I said, Murdoch's a brand I've known and loved for a long time but it's been so interesting to hear a bit more about the, the journey the brand's gone on and going on and as you said Napier is out this month the new cologne and what I'll do is I'll in the program notes I'll mention some of the products that you talked awesome. about so that people can check out the brand whether they want to physically go in store and, and get a haircut which I heartily recommend or or indeed you know try the products if you're not anywhere near London. But thanks, Miles. Thanks for your time. Thank and, you so um, much, I'll man. see you again in Murdoch and Common Garden very soon. Much appreciated. Cheers, Hayden, mate. Thanks. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Bye. I really enjoyed chatting to Miles and I hope that came across in the podcast this week. He's exactly the same when you're in the barber's chair as, as he seemed on that podcast. Really friendly, really fun. Loads of gags. And as he said, you know, he's someone that enjoys connecting and chatting with people and um, that's what brings people back to the the barbershop and um you know that's what he's about he, he's 
sees it as a craft and he's using his hands and he's absolutely risen to the top of his game in terms of barbering here in the UK and he's built a team around him at Murdoch London that are absolutely brilliant and um, obviously a testament to that that he's the creative director and he's out there preaching the gospel according to, to Murdoch as he goes about in um, New York and Australia and does the sort of training and ambassadorial type role but um yeah, Murdoch London, really, really great company with a, a really good range of products. And if you're ever in London or um, or indeed New York, they're well worth visiting the salons to get that kind of real-life experience of Murdoch. As Miles said, there's a, there's a new cologne that's out at the moment called Napier, which they've reintroduced. And you can find more out about the brand on Instagram. They're at Murdoch London, which is M-U-R-D-O-C-K London, Murdoch London. And online, it's murdochlondon.com. So you can find uh, the full range of products there and also how you can book into one of the salons. So huge thanks to Miles. Really enjoyed um, chatting to him this week. And if you want to find out more about Man in the Mirror, you can do. I'm at Man in the Mirror Pod on Instagram. And that's where you'll find all the information on, on previous guests. And I tease a little bit about what's coming up in future episodes. Um, I'd love it if, you, if you're able to subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice and even if you so desire to um, leave a review or some stars or something which really helps put me up the rankings and, and means that other people get to hear about the podcast, which I'd really appreciate. So, look, thanks for listening this week. Thanks to Miles. Thanks to you as always. And I'll see you next time on Man in the Mirror. Take care. 